0: Welcome to CLC Connects, the podcast that connects the College of Lake County experts with you. I'm your host, Jesse Prue. This week, we're talking about asking for help and stigma busting with CLC's community resource advisor, Emily Borland. Emily is a licensed social worker who works to connect students who may be experiencing challenges that are negatively impacting their well being to CLC and community resources. This includes, but certainly is not limited to, housing and food insecurity, transportation, childcare, healthcare access, and so much more. Emily, welcome to CLC Connects. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So we're talking about help today and stigma busting within the realm of people asking for help. I know that everyone needs help occasionally, but so many of us have a hard time asking for it or we ask for it too late. Why are we having a hard time seeking out help?
1: So I think this can be a very layered question. And one of the biggest things I see is that society pressures kind of create a stigma around asking for help, as well as, you know, individual reasons. So whether that's like cultural reasons, familial reasons, there's a variety of reasons why people don't ask for help. A lot of it, I think, is based maybe around the concept of shame, of feeling very shameful that you have to ask for help, that you have to reach out to someone outside the family, that you're not pulling yourselves up by the bootstraps that you might often hear. It's quite hard to ask for help. Yeah, I know sometimes I have a hard time asking for help and Mm -hmm. like it could be small things
0: like carrying a stack of dishes or bigger (laughs) things like giant work projects, you know. Absolutely. It kind of goes all over. I don't think that I'm alone in this. No, you're not. But I I also know that I feel really good when I do ask for help. Mm -hmm. So can we talk a little bit about how like asking for help is maybe a sign of strength and not weakness?
1: Absolutely. So I think when people ask for help, it is a huge part in gaining and giving yourself your voice and your power back. I hear so much from people how physically and mentally draining it is to go and do things by themselves. So asking for help is huge to get your foot in the door to get yourself the education that you might need to advocate for yourself better. And it truly, truly is about empowering yourself to better your future. Yeah. Yeah, I usually have also a better outcome when I do ask (laughs) for help. You know, I feel like
0: I've made a lot of like steps forward because I've asked Mm -hmm. for help in in some ways. Um, How is not asking for help harmful?
1: I think it can be super isolating and I'm I'm guilty of this too. So sometimes, you know, I'll see a problem, turn my head 90 degrees, close my eyes and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. But I know from my personal experience that doing so it can like let the problem get bigger and bigger and fester and ingrain itself in your personal life, your work life, your relationships, whatever have you. So that can be so isolating if, if you kind of ignore the problem. And I'm guilty of it, too. It's so much easier just to pretend it doesn't exist. But asking for help is a huge, huge benefit to make that big problem more manageable. Yeah, definitely. Um, at what point should people be asking for help? Like, how do you know when you need help? I feel like sometimes people don't know they need help until they're like in knee water and like deep in like the deep end. They don't know what's going on. They're drowning. So as soon as you feel like there's a problem, ask for help. Because even if it's something that is just planning for like the worst case scenario, that's better than like leaving yourself hanging without those resources, without the education on what you might need. I know for me, going back to the, the example I just gave, uh, sometimes I'll let the problem fester. And if I had Um, reached out beforehand, I could have known the steps. I could have set those SMART goals, planned for myself ahead of time. How has the pandemic changed the way we're seeking help, or is it at all? I think it is in various ways. I think the pandemic was truly eye-opening to the gaps of services that we have in various systems, various systems, as well as how... Funds can be redirected to help folks in need, and I think that was truly eye-opening that the funds exist and they can be given and allotted to those who need the help. My biggest concern is that because some people believe the pandemic is kind of tailing off, that those resources might be restricted or discontinued, and that will just increase the need for assistance. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, are, are, are you saying that people shouldn't expect, like, you know, we're not heading towards, like, a cliff of, like, the help is available and then it won't be available
1: I think that that I want to help avoid that. Like yeah. I want to help doing that advocacy piece of it because that's such a great concern of mine personally given that my role is to help students. Yeah. I always say like the best social worker is only the best given the resources they have around them. So if those, if those resources don't exist, it's a, like a, a truly an uphill battle. Yeah. Can you just tell me a little bit about uh, what
0: the role of a social worker is?
1: Absolutely. So I like to think of a social worker as a jack of all trades. We kind of have our foot in many areas. We can do a lot of things. Um, from my personal experience, I have a healthcare and mental health background. I've done therapy. I've worked with veterans specifically. I've done behavioral case management. So I think with a social worker, we can do a lot of work and it it is classified as in the helping profession. So you're here at CLC to kind of Um, help connect
0: students to resources for help, right? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, that's exactly what I do. So I help uh, students address any challenges they're experiencing outside of the classroom. So I think you touched upon it a little bit before. A lot of what I do is housing insecurities, food insecurities. There's a whole list of, I think there's eight categories that I can literally never remember all eight. (laughs) But I cover a lot to help connect students with either on-campus resources when appropriate or community resources. And I think my background as a social worker has been truly useful because I do have some community connections that can help streamline the service to the student to get them the access that they need. Sure. Do you think that more people are asking for help now than they used to? I think so. I truly think so. I think there's been a lot of groundwork and a lot of foundation by the generations before us to kind of lay out, like, it's okay to ask for help. These resources exist, the funding, the grants, they're there. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many times of, you know, a grant existing, the deadlines the next day, and the agencies will fill out the forms. They will do what they can to get those resources in. So it's fantastic. That's awesome. So it sounds like more people are comfortable, more comfortable with asking for help. But
0: it still seems like there's a a big stigma about asking for help. And you mentioned specifically that you you work with veterans and you work with students. What do they have in common as far as like making strides and destigmatizing like them asking for help?
1: I think. A lot of it has come from peer-to-peer support. I think we know it from CLC. Like, students will listen to other students, and it's kind of the same with that kind of mentality. Veterans will listen to their veterans. Um, anybody in like who needs therapy will listen to other people who have therapy. Like, it is really is talking to each other to kind of word of mouth promote these things. Because yeah. agencies can do what they have, but, like, sometimes there's such a deep distrust or um, just misinformation of what resources can or cannot do and individuals with different cultural backgrounds sometimes there's a stigma within that cultural belief that prevents them from seeking those services so it comes from word of mouth it comes from building those step-by-step foundations to gain the trust between the people and the agencies and that comes with individuals working with those people to build that confidence how do you recognize somebody who might need help Yeah, so I think this actually has come up a lot last semester when I first started because we want to, of course, avoid making assumptions about people and avoid stereotyping people. But there are research out there that kind of shows what are indicators for certain things. So specifically speaking to the housing insecurity, because I help students who experience that. The, the education and the training that I receive, like students who may be falling asleep a lot in class might be an indicator. Students who are wearing the same clothing like weeks on end may mean they don't have access to the certain things that they need. Or students who were lively in class or involved with certain things or suddenly withdrawing, maybe being aggressive, maybe self-isolating. Those, could, those all could be strong indicators that something else is going on. It can be difficult for people who don't have the training to ask and like do outreach to that student directly, but that's why I'm here. Like I can help kind of facilitate that to make sure we're at least making contact and explaining some things to the students. Yeah. So
0: you talked about how to recognize people who might need help Mm -hmm. and you specifically mentioned like somebody who's falling asleep in class, you know, maybe, maybe they have like a job that they worked late last night Mm -hmm. or something or maybe they work every Wednesday night and classes on Thursday morning or something and they're kind of holding it together, but you know, seeing that somebody falling asleep, is it okay to offer help if it isn't asked for or if you're not sure, you know, that they really need it?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to cautiously say yes to that. Okay. So I think I'm a big fan of people, like, believing people have the best intentions. However, if someone is, then declines the help that you're offering, it is equally important for people to respect that, to own the impact that maybe they did harm by asking it. And then with that, it's important not to drag it out, not to shame the person for declining your help. So yes, cautiously, yes, Ask, yeah. offer the help if needed, but respect if someone says no.
0: That's really a good advice because <laughs> I think that some people just feel like they, they really, really want to help mm-hmm. and if, you know. I guess maybe I didn't realize that it could turn into like a harmful thing if, if you're not like respecting that person who's saying, no, mm-hmm. don't help me.
1: Absolutely. I think it goes to like someone's autonomy. Like if they can own like, hey, I can handle this. Like I have the resources. I have the education. I can advocate for myself. I can, I got this. Don't yeah. worry about me. Rather than, you know, someone trying to push like, I need to help you. Let me open the door for you. Let me hold that for you. No, I I got this. Don't worry. Ah. <laughs> if someone says that, it's good.
0: Good. Okay, good. I want to kind of transition to talking specifically about our students here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the things that you offer, but I want to get a fuller picture of the resources that we offer our students here. Absolutely. Can you just kind of give us the rundown of, of your
1: yeah. <laughs> what you're doing? No, for sure. So I, I want to say CLC has some fantastic resources already in place. I, I literally cannot name everything. I would be here for more than a day if I needed to. But the things that I often refer students here at CLC – um, the couple big ones is the share market, which is our food pantry. If individuals want to donate, please, you know, contact the share market directly to kind of work that out because it's a fantastic free service for our students to access. The LEAF grant, which is the Lancer Emergency Assistance Fund, I think is fantastic and not a lot of students know about it. And it is a if you're in an emergency situation, an urgent crisis situation, there are funds available um, that you can apply for. And then you'll work with someone from that team to to navigate the system to like get what you need out of it. Um, One of the other biggest ones that I don't think all students and would have been such a help for me when I was at CLC, because I am a CLC alum, um, was a tech rentals. Like you could rent a laptop, a hotspot and a couple other things at the library that not everyone knows about. And it's a fantastic service. And I think some things have changed um, that, which I would definitely inquire at the library that have actually improved access to those things. On the other One, the other two that I want to mention is CAPS, the Counseling and Psychological Services, so they offer free short-term therapy and the group over there are fantastic to help our students. They're all generalists, so they are trained to kind of talk about situations um, that students often experience. And the last one that I want to shout out that I don't think everyone knows about exists Mm -hmm. is the BIT team. It stands for Behavioral Intervention Team. I'm also on this team, but we are a team responsible in um, addressing any incidents in terms of concerning behavior, academic challenges. um, If they're in any, if a student's in a need of like a basic resource or need, that team exists to kind of coordinate care to make sure we're doing outreach and uh, providing whatever we can for the student. That's awesome. (laughs) So um, I want to back up. I love our share pantry. I'm sorry,
0: I love our share market. Um, I think our share market is like the coolest resources Absolutely. that we have. I yes. love that. And I see students in there all the time. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, for the students who don't totally know, like, it's just, a, it looks like a store. It's a store, right? Like yes. you can just
1: go in there. And, it is so nice. You yeah. can like literally shop for what you need yeah. and there's no judgment there. No like judgment. You- um, and they also have uh, school supplies, right? And, yes. and different household products and uh, like there's other things besides food in there, right? Yes, there's household products like you mentioned and some school supplies, toiletries, all that good stuff. It depends on like what is donated and yeah. what we have available, but we try to have what we can.
0: Yeah, and nothing costs anything to the students. Absolutely, yeah. nothing
1: costs anything.
0: I think that's, I think like, I really like that one. The LEAF grant is really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Say I'm a student and I'm, you know, my electricity is, is shut off because I wasn't able to to pay my electric
1: bill. Mm-hmm. Does that count for emergency funds? Yeah, so if someone is behind on their bills, like your example you're providing your utility bills, if you provide the proper documentation, just because on our end we need to verify mm-hmm. information and where we're sending um, the check to, because we typically don't give money directly out to students for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But yes, that would be a perfect example. The one often thing I hear as well is if you have a flat tire and you get an invoice or a bill from a mechanic, you can get some assistance with that as nice. well. So it is fantastic service. What we don't help with, and I want everyone to know this, we don't help with tuition or books because that is something else. Like financial aid can help you out with that. Yeah, that's great.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about the tech rentals too? I see a lot of students on campus mm-hmm. with like CLC, like inventory tags on yes. their equipment. So I, I feel like that one's getting used, but um, I... I know that there's probably more people that could use it. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Is it like a
1: semester term rental or how, how does that work? So, for um, it is kind of like that. So, you get it for the semester. If you plan on um, continuing for the following semester, so say you started in the fall, check out um, a laptop, for example, if you let us know that you're attending spring and we can verify that information, they can actually kind of keep the laptop with them awesome. in between that break. And I think that just like lowers the barriers because then if they had to return it during break, it's just to check it out back again. It can be just an additional stressor to students. So it is fantastic where sometimes it, it can roll over to the next semester. Yeah, that's really cool. And um, our CAPS team, we talked about the,
0: the counseling. That's again, that's available to any student. Um, do you have to be enrolled in a certain amount of credits or
1: I think as long as you're enrolled in one, you can attend with them. Like you have to be a student here at CLC, but it is completely free service and they are fantastic over there. That's really great.
0: You talked a little bit about services that are outside of CLC that you can Mm -hmm. help connect students with.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So there's, um, I want to say there's probably over like a thousand human and health services agencies. So I can't like talk about all of them, but the ones that I feel like I use the most and that I want to like shout out is 211 Lake County. If you're not familiar, it is a 24 um, 7 information and referral helpline, completely confidential, completely free, and they are fantastic. I've used them with students. I've provided every student I've met with them because if I'm not available, 211 is. And that's what I think is so fantastic. But other agencies in the area um, that are really fantastic are like Lake County Health Department. Mono a mano Amano, Asus, there's some fantastic organizations out there that can help our students yeah
0: you're not the first po- uh, podcast guest that's talked about Mono a and yeah and Asus. I feel like they're definitely making an impact yes. <laughs> and, oh and working really well with our students um, and then 211 Lake County that's just a number you can dial and and you can like anybody
1: that's available for anybody yes any okay. Lake County resident you can call 211 from your phone and get connected with like a navigator specifically and okay. they will help ask you question, what's going on, and they will make you and get you the proper information on agencies in the area that can address whatever you're going through.
0: I remember when I was a student, there was, you know, oftentimes, and maybe it's a little bit different now, but I remember sometimes I just, like, wouldn't have healthcare <laughs> for a long time, <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know, I was uh, relying on, like, maybe finding, like, an opening in a dental clinic to, like, mm-hmm. get a cavity filled or, or something like that. What do we connect people with healthcare services, or do you connect people with healthcare services as part of your job?
1: So I can actually. Last semester, I did a lot of Medicaid and SNAP applications with students, which is a huge um, factor if they're eligible, of course. So there's a huge impact in terms of getting them connected to healthcare or mental health if they need it, because Medicaid can give you access to both of those. Um, if someone is not eligible for Medicaid, I will help them get connected with providers that might have like a sliding fee that might make it a little bit more manageable for them to get the the help that they need. That's cool.
0: Why is it important that CLC offers these resources?
1: I want to express that CLC is fantastic. I think they did some fantastic work in doing research to to let the school students know as a whole that there was a gap in service. So me helping them out can help retain students because we want people to get an education here. We want them to succeed in life. And academic challenges are academic challenges, but resource challenges are resource challenges. And I think getting that addressed can really help impact their life more holistically. So if they can pay their bills, if they don't have to worry about making sure they have rent, they don't have to worry about making sure they have transportation, they can then focus more of their time and their energy on bettering themselves. And I think that's a huge reason why this, this role and this resource is needed. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to add? Ooh, okay, let me think. I think my role here at CLC is brand new that I do want to highlight that. So if students have feedback, if if any um, community agency is listening to this and like want to collaborate in any capacity, please feel free, feel, feel free to reach out because I think it's great to make those connections for our students. Yeah, that's great.
0: Finally, how do students connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I'm located at the Grayslake campus. Um, The best way is to make an appointment through the Advising Center. That's where I'm under. So just a disclaimer, I'm completely different than ASAs, your Academic Success Advisors, who are all fantastic and who students should be meeting with. Um, But that is probably the best way is to go to the Advising Center, request an appointment with me specifically, and that will get you on the books. I don't do drop-ins currently right now just because, like I said, I'm a one-woman army. (laughs) But, yes, that's the best way. Okay, that's great. And any campus, any student, any campus can connect with you yes if you are on lake shore south like it might be a zoom appointment we're seeing if that can change for me to be physically on those campuses just because there might there absolutely is probably a need for that um but i'm one person yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um and then also just to be clear it doesn't cost anything to students correct so there's utilize no your services there's no cost to awesome. see me to have an appointment to even just have a conversation if you want to that's great i'm so glad that we have this resource <laughs>
0: Emily, thank you for coming on. I'm really happy that we have this service and I'm happy that we could get the the word out to people and I hope that more students will uh, utilize it and that we'll have to hire another one of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here, to be yeah. back at my roots because I went to CLC, so I'm so happy to return. That's awesome. Thanks for coming back. <laughs>
0: Thanks for coming back for Season 2 of CLC Connects. Find a link to connect with Emily and all the resources she mentioned on our show notes at clcillinois.edu podcast. We have a lot of great topics planned for you, so be sure to subscribe wherever you love listening to podcasts. And if you really like CLC Connects, go ahead and leave us a review there, too. Join me again next week as I sit down with CLC Board Trustee Tori Newsom. We'll talk about how to celebrate and observe Black History Month right here in Lake County. Talk to you then.